0: Broadcasting from occupied territories, War the Flea Media, it's the Reality Dysfunction Podcast, a space where a diverse group of brown folk from across the nation explore the political experiences and social future of our Chicano Latino community. Control the narrative, resist
1: the dysfunction. Veronica, it's really great to have you here on the Reality Dysfunction. I'm super excited about this uh, conversation that we're about to undertake. Um, But before we get started, uh, if you could just, you know, give us a little bit of uh, information about yourself, where you're from, maybe where you grew up at, that type of thing for the listeners so that they have some context.
0: Sure. Sure. Thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Veronica Garcia, and I was born in El Paso, Texas. I was about two years old when we moved to Denver, Colorado, which is where I grew up. I was about 30 when I moved from Denver, so... Denver I I still consider it my home <laughs> even though I've been out here in in Texas since 2009 moved to to San Antonio, Texas and then I uh, had about 4 or 5 years where I lived out in the Fort Worth area and then made my way back to San Antonio where I'm currently at
1: Okay so you have a you have a long history there in in Texas all right one of the things that I was hoping that we could talk about, uh, tonight is your involvement with, uh, the Raso Nita party. I know that's where we met and that you've recently been, uh, appointed or elected the state rep for the Raso Nita party in the state of Texas. And, you know, I think that's kind of a big deal. I think that you're a really good pick for that. And so, but before we like really dive into that, uh, I was hoping that maybe you could talk a little bit about your experience um, you know, with the movement, uh, outside of the party and you know what sort of drew you to the Chicana, Chicano, Chicana X movement and you know, why you think it's important?
0: Sure. So it's it's pretty interesting because I grew up in Denver, right? But it wasn't until my early twenties that I even became aware of all the things that had transpired (laughs) around me, you know, Uh, I was born in 79. So a lot of the the things that had transpired there in the sixties and seventies, I I did not become aware of until my early twenties when I was in school and, you know, started taking Chicano studies courses. And I can really remember that time for me was, you know, almost like a, um, and I know this word is kind of cliche, but almost like a, a rebirth. It was starting to understand why so many things didn't feel right for me. Uh, growing up, you know, I, I had never heard the word Chicano. And so it was it was a, a big sense of pride to learn about all the rich history in Denver um, you know, the crusade for justice, you know, I can tell you had passed by um, La Escuela Tratet Loco and had no idea, you know, I just saw this big, beautiful school <laughs> sitting on the corner of Spear and Pedro Boulevard. Um, and it just so rich in color, um, even from the outside, but not knowing, you know, the the history of it. So for me, I really can pinpoint that time, um, you know, taking Chicano studies courses and taking Native American um, courses almost um, simultaneously and having these questions of, you know, what is the difference then between a Mexicano and uh, a Native American, you know, and asking that question in class and, you know, being told by, a professor I mean he looked like he had seen a ghost when I asked the question you know and it was like yeah um that's a a pretty controversial topic you know and like shut it down and we weren't going to discuss it further but you could see me after class <laughs> you know so it was like okay what what did I just do like what was so controversial about the question you know and just kind of not understanding um and just sparked in me really wanting to you know i've always been a why type of person anyway but just really sparked that in me that i wanted to know then more and so it's kind of like a a pandora's
1: box you know yeah. you yeah. no <laughs> you, i know I know, you, I know
0: that feeling yeah you know and and the pandora box continues you know till this day for me you know you just you you will never know all that there is to know. so it's just a constant learning and growing. But so again, the the history there in Denver um, you know with the Crusade for justice, the the walkouts at West High School, which you know my parents waited from West High School. and I never heard of any of this stuff, not not from my family anyhow. You know Los Cés de Boulder. And you know how how that happened and um you know the youth liberation conference, you know, just all this rich history. Um, you know, the first time that I heard Yo Soy Joaquin, you know, and just like crying my eyes out, just it being so so um impactful in the sense that you, you could relate to it. And even though there were parts of that, when I first heard it, that I didn't understand in terms of our history and how we came to be as a people, that it just unraveled so much for me. So, you know, I really pinpoint that time as, you know, just really being a, a fork in the road for me and giving me a sense of direction, you know, that, there was lots for me to learn and to know, and so I started getting into looking into community organizations. You know, meeting people that were active in the community, and you know, started work, working with a five hundred one c three out there, and just doing. Um, I remember a a course, so to speak, a community you know, course called Social Justice Institute, where it kind of broke down, you know, the different isms, you know, that were affecting us, and getting involved in, you know, different, how to address different issues that were affecting us in the community. Uh, You know, things like housing, you know, childcare issues, immigration issues, police brutality, you know, the, the things that across the board affect us you know, affect us all some way, somehow. Um, And, you know, it started off, you know, just going to meetings. And then, you know, before I know it, I'm working for one of the nonprofits. And then I'm, you know, in a leadership management type role, and then partnering with the University of Denver to do uh, community-driven uh, research project with them where we were looking at, you know, people um, who basically looking to see what impact, if any, uh, being involved in community organizations, um, you know, had on the lives of people, you know, in, in real time, you know, what what got better, what didn't, what stayed the same. And so it was... I I dabbed into a lot of different things and that was really where it all started for me. Uh, That was all in my early twenties. And then, as I mentioned earlier, moved out here to, to San Antonio and, you know, I think I was about to be 30 when we moved out here, but, you know, then adjusting to a different, (laughs) different city with the different dynamics and, and that, so yeah, that's that's a little bit of of how I um, you know became involved in the struggle. But you know, honestly, I can say that even even before coming to to learn more in, in Chicano studies, I've always had this sense of who am I? You know, asking the questions. You know, I think sometimes we we just assume that everybody knows their family history, you know, and that was, that was not the case for me. I really had to dig and ask a lot of questions and, you know, a lot of our families have missing pieces in their, in their history or parts that may be shameful, you know, for, for our parents, our grandparents. And so we, we may not necessarily have all the, the pieces, But that was always very important for me is knowing, you know, where did I come from? You know, what is our history? And, you know, as I've asked more questions and I've gotten to know more people, you know, just seeing the similarities uh, that we have in in the struggle and, and understanding why it's called the struggle and why it's called the movimiento because we're intentionally trying to make things better for our people. You know, not just ourselves, but, you know, that that sense of wanting justice and wanting, um, you know, now, you know, we use the word liberation. What what does that mean exactly? and What does that look like?
1: Wow. I've been thinking about it, sister. This is good. I think it is. I mean, I remember reading Yose Joaquin was a real turning point for me, too. It was given to me when I was in the seventh grade by a, a guidance counselor. Oh wow. Yeah. And I mean it changed my life. You know, even even as a young boy. And so no, I feel that I don't think I don't think it's cliché at all to to think about or wonder about any of those things, right? I mean, I think that when you really take into account the sort of Psychological garbage, right? That gets pressed on us as a result of settler colonialism, as a result of of capitalism. You know, just flat out racism. It, it makes yes. sense, right? I mean, so it's it's the same thing. I mean, you know, when you have kids, you know that two kids can see the same thing happen, and they'll take it two very different ways, right? And so there's always okay. going to be yeah. those of us who look at these uh, sort of like degradations. That our community undergoes on a daily basis and some of us are going to say oh there's nothing that we can do about it because there are some of us who who are going to say that but there's going to be a bunch of us that are going to be all like no fuck that like this you know we have to do something (laughs) about this right like we have to do something about this so i i hear you i feel you i feel your story i do so tell us a little bit about how you came to be involved with the rasu nita party
0: well i was approached by a brother who you know said to me hey you really would would it be good to come onto the the study groups and you know bring in bring in your energy <laughs> whatever that meant um you know it just would be a a place for you know i guess he he saw in me just you know my desire to learn and just always wanting to you know, expand my knowledge on, on you know our history, um, and then also looking at the concrete conditions of today, and wanting to do something about that. You know, the way that he put it to me was that this would be a place where we channel that energy and we get together and we make things happen. You know, as a people. So um, it really was that simple. I mean, it doesn't take much to convince me to, to get together with uh, like-minded people to have this conversation, you know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's a honor for me, honestly, but yeah. So I started joining the study groups and, you know, weekly. And for me, it was, it was just awesome. It was amazing to be able to get in prior to that. I mean, it had really just been, you know, I, I didn't even know that there was anything outside of, um, El Partido than what had happened in Denver. You know, like I, I didn't hear more. I didn't hear about what was uh, happening in California. I didn't hear about what was happening in Texas. It was just, you know, I I got the history of what happened there in Denver because that's where I was going to school. You know?
1: Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. It, it's one of those things and as we study more and more people come into the study group and we have more opportunity to have these conversations around Chicano history, Chicano culture and politics. One of the things that that we really do see quite clearly uh, is the successful suppression of our history in the United States, right? Of the history of Chicanos, Mexicanos in the United States, the successful mm-hmm. suppression of it. And so thinking about the role of the party, right? As, as being a vehicle for um, unsuppressing or declassifying that information, right? Be like at mar lago We're just going to have papers lying around. Anybody can pick them up and read <laughs> <So. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, Veronica, at the uh, LRUP Congreso this past uh, September, you were elected the regional director of the Rasudita Party in the state of Texas. So congratulations on that. I think that was an awesome choice on the part of the people from Texas. And, you know, just as kind of a kind of a last question, you know, what are your plans for Texas in the uh, coming year?
0: First off, let me just say that I am honored and humbled as well um to have been elected to this position it's pretty novice for me um to be elected to to something like this you know when i look back i can (laughs) you know i i think about how my mom tells me stories about how when i was a child i would organize at the playground i would organize the kids and my siblings i'm the oldest of four and um you know, it, there was always organization in our play. <laughs> so, so I think about that. And, you know, um, my mom actually was there um, present at the uh, congreso that we had there in Denver. And so that was, you know, kind of like a full circle moment for me, you know, to have my mom there, you know, because she's, she's never really been involved with anything like this. But, you know, she she joined, she was there, you know, that that first day of Congreso when it was open to the public and such. But so I'm honored. Now, in terms of plans for the great state of Texas. (laughs) It's such a, a large state, right? not just uh, in land area, but population as well. I think in area, the only other landmass that is bigger than Texas um, is Alaska. And then in terms of population, of course, California has a larger population than us. But we also in this big area have, you know, we have our, our major cities and then we have towns and then we have all these little, Tiny towns of like ten people. Uh, you know, we go into the valley and closer to the border, and so it's it's a vast area. So, in terms of how how do we build a partido in Texas? Um, I mean, it really comes down to the people connecting with the people in different areas, you know, that are already boots on the ground. And, you know, I have been organizing and are involved in their communities. Um, you know, there's no way in the world that we can do this without, you know, without the people. So what that means is being amongst the people, you know, being amongst the people. Um, you know, I think of, france fanon that said something to the effect of a lot of um of political parties having a lot of great slogans you know and a lot of good talk but being so separated from the masses and so i think the only way to get it done is to you've got to build you've got to be there with the people you got to build relationship with each other you know leadership emerges it's you know People are already leaders in their community. And so we're not reinventing the wheel. we just got to get amongst them. And that's everywhere. You know, the schools, the parks, the churches, the hospitals. I can't go anywhere without, you know, having this conversation on some level with the people. You know, I was just at a birthday party for uh, one of my son's schoolmates, and he's nine. And um, I did a little a little spiel. I was talking to, you know, one, one of the parents, um, about the partido. And so she brought somebody else into the conversation. And before, you know what I'm sitting there giving a little mini presentation on the partido, you know? And, um, yeah, you know, so it's, it's just, you know, people feel your energy, not being afraid to have those conversations wherever you go, you know, and then making those connections and following through, Um, you know, it, it may seem oversimplified and, and such. But I mean, for me, that's where it is, it lies in the relationships. You know, the other thing too, is making ourselves relevant as, as the partido, you know, not being this entity that just sits above or outside of everything, but that we're everywhere. You know, so, it's, it's, you know, the, the beauty, I think, both the beauty and the struggle <laughs> is that things are in constant motion, you know. Um, and so it's a matter of getting out with the people, meeting people where they're at, you know, and, and letting, you know, as Che Guevara said, you know, that all, all, true, revolu- all true revolutionaries are driven by a, a great uh, sense of love you know and letting that drive what we do you know people um, I think it was my Angelou that said you know people will people will not remember you for what you know they will remember you for how you made them feel you know and so that that for me is at the heart of everything that I do um, and there's nothing that I do that I see outside of the struggle you know we go to work and even there, you know, there's there's no way to get away from the way that we're impacted by these issues every single day. And it doesn't matter what it is that we do for a living. There's a way to connect it. And sometimes we just got to, you know, plant those seeds, um, help people connect the dots. You know, people are hurting. Yeah. You know, everybody's hurting, you know, and, and since COVID, I feel like, you know, people's, it's just another layer of frustration and pain. So that that's really what it is for me, hermano, is, is how do we find and connect with our leaders that are already there, already doing the work, you know, and, and embedding ourselves in making those connections. You know, we talk about unity all the time, you know, but it's also a matter of you know, how do I, how do I serve? Always looking for those opportunities to serve, you know, and that, you know, when you go into, uh, you know, community events, things that are, that are um, happening, you know, not going in with some, some agenda other than just to, to serve, you know, get in there, meet people, build relationships, serve. That is ongoing, I think. And, you know, when it comes to building the party, I, I feel like that's where, where we have to concentrate our energies. Now, in terms of uh, steps that will follow and, you know, being strategic about what it is and very intentional about, you know, what is what is our goal? What are we trying to, to meet here? Breaking those goals into smaller, more attainable goals, you know, that comes from the collective. You know, that comes from the people, that comes from the conversations, you know, there's
1: lots of work to be done. Yeah. that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's that's all the time that we have for this conversation. I know that uh, Sister Garcia will be back to talk to us more on the reality dysfunction. And I just want to remember, remind you all that you heard it here. The Rosanita Party serves the community and that it is our honor to do that. And we are excited to uh, take on these new roles as we move into uh, 2023. So thank you all for listening. and Until next time. Hey, homie. I'm
0: getting tired of dudes just getting over on the Rasa. This is for the Rasa. This
1: is the Reality Dysfunction.